what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Gentlemen, welcome to episode six, volume one of Big Fan. I am Chad East, and I'm a big fan of fish tacos, table tennis, and Shark Week. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm Hank Eimer. I'm a big fan of the Home Run Derby, yes. air-conditioned seats, and wiffle ball. Whoa, air-conditioned seats. Tell oh, yeah. me a little bit about air-conditioned seats. You know, seats. I, I don't own a car where they have those in there, but I was in a car oh, that had air-conditioned seats. What's it feel like? Whew. Heaven, really? especially on these hot days, yes, like you somebody don't... blowing right in your butt crack. Oh, oh right on, God Almighty! Right. Like Some it. people got to pay extra for that. <laughs> I like air conditioned seats too. Then, hey, buddy, good to see you. It's good to see you, man. In a couple weeks, I guess. Um, been delayed a little bit. Been delayed. Had summer vacations going on, this and that, and uh, then some. But we're back. We're coming to you on uh, July the seventeenth. That's it. 3 o'clock p.m. in the wonderful Mesh Studios, Hickory, North Carolina. Hank, last week, I saw, I heard your little intro for the show. I was on vacation. That? that was not bad at all. I was at the beach. You want to hear a little bit about the beach trip? I'd love it. Okay, so last year, if you recall, we went to Oak Island and a shark chased us on a kayak. Yeah. So it was very oh, yeah. exciting. Nothing really lived up to that hype this year. Let's hope not. Yeah. Um, but we did see there were two shark sightings what? just away from where we were swimming. They were at the pier. They said they found a, or saw, fishermen saw a five-foot shark swimming around right off the pier where the kids were swimming. We don't swim at the pier. You're just asking to get a leg chopped off. Yeah, you know I mean, saying, why swim at a pier? They're fishing there. Fishing. They're asking yes. big predators yes. to come to the pier. Why would you go there and swim? And there were just kids galore, catching waves, you know, swimming around, parents drinking beer, smoking ciggies out on the beach, not caring. I care, Hank. You're a parent. He said, I moved way down the beach where no ciggies, no dr- maybe drinking, <laughs> um, no chumming the water where I was, no. right? Nothing like that. No. And we swam. So the girls were a little freaked out at first because we go to the pier first, check it out, blah, blah, blah. The fisherman said, five-foot sharks swimming in the area. Livy was like, I ain't getting in the ocean this time. <laughs> we're staying at the pool, Dad. But anyway, it took about 15 minutes. They got the courage up, and we did some body surfing and stuff so that was great awesome also good part of the trip instead of the oak island part we also broke it up into sections so the first leg we went to ocean isle and spent some time with our friends the Arditties from china who flew in and the gargases uh it was exciting as always got to watch a lot of world cup play some soccer on the beach all that fun stuff and then woke up early the next day went straight to wilmington Never really been to Wilmington and experienced the, uh, they call it the river walk there. Yeah. It seems more and more cities are trying to get these river walks. Sure. And if they're anything like Wilmington's river walk, the one that Hickory wants to try to do, bring it on, brother. Bring this on. place was incredible. So you got the battleship. We were on this hotel right on the river. In the are they planning to put a battleship on Lake Hickory? <laughs> if they could only do that. Okay, I'm just wow. asking. How would they get it through <laughs> underneath the bridge and stuff? You it'd, know, be it'd be kind of tough. Maybe they tough. airlift it and drop it in. Maybe but anyway. Have um, to get Airwolf. <laughs> I don't know if a battleship um, battleship Hickory will be coming to our river walk anytime soon. However, it the was... SS ri- Windy City Grill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but it was cool. So we get to see the battleship. We get to walk up and down the river walk at night. Music everywhere. I mean, it's like oh, every place has got a river walk now. Yeah. Greenville got a river walk. Baltimore got a river walk. Nashville got some type of river walk. San Antonio's got a river walk. Hickory, that's the next river walk, right? It seems like those, the uh, population's about in yes, line. That's yes, right in line for uh, we should have the next one. But got to ask you a question. So got two young children, mm-hmm. 13 and 9. There was a Ruth Chris restaurant in our hotel, right? And so Ruth Chris, pretty nice restaurant. Yeah. My kids, they've never the, – the nicest restaurant they've probably been to is Olive Garden. You know okay. what I'm saying? I love their breadsticks. Yes, an incredible salad. So 
I said, Jennifer, let's do something special. Let's get a reservation. Let's make it really nice. We'll get all dolled up, get the girls, tell the girls we're going to a really nice dinner. And uh, so we did. We walk into the Ruth Chris packed house on a Saturday in Wilmington. You know, you can hear wine glasses. Ching, ching. I mean, you know, we're talking Saturday night, Wilmington. It was summer. nice. Very nice. Classy. We're, we're all very classy. We're all dolled up. Do you so, have on your uh, Bruno Mars denim jacket I, with the I know it was lamb about skin. 98 degrees in there, so I would have sweated my ass off if I had the Bruno jacket on. So I wore my typical really tight tee okay. and a pair of uh, slacks or sure, something. Right? Sure, sure, sure. No flip-flops. So we get in there, and the Ruth Chris just went the extra mile. So before we went there, you know, they called to make sure we were coming, if there's anything they could do, because they knew we were staying at the hotel. It, what particular drink? They knew I had two little girls. How do they know this? I guess because the hotel and – anyway, they know everything right. these days. So what their favorite Big drinks brother. were. Yes, scary. What their favorite drinks were, what kind of food did they like, all kinds of stuff. So when we walk in there, it's like they roll a red carpet out for the East family. I mean, we felt really special, as did my girls for sure. So is that Ruth Chris calling you right now? They want to know about your (laughs) reservation. Well, anyway, we get in there, and I haven't been to a Ruth Chris in a while, and I forget how expensive this joint is, right? So we get in there. They just make it top class. They're putting the napkins in the girls' laps and everything, and they're just so impressed. And then we open the menu. I'm like, God dang. So the question to you is, how much do you spend on a kid under 10 for dinner? The menu wanted me to spend about 75 bucks per kid. Do you go that route? We're talking about a kid less than 10. Do they deserve a $75 meal? I mean, come on. Talk to me here. I'm going to talk to you like a man. Here. Please do. Okay? Please do. That's poor planning. <laughs> that is poor planning Give on me your the stra- part. Give okay? me the strategy. Yes, Listen, please. first of all, I've, I believe that a kid should experience a, a good meal. Fine dining right? Fine dan- sure. dining. Yeah. I do believe that. But I also believe that you have to be realistic on what these kids can achieve with something in front of them. Sure. You eat like my nine-year-old. Okay, let me, let's just throw that out there, okay? So you don't deserve a $75 meal, okay? Oh, you, you would take like a bird, like a, a parakeet. That's the size filet you would take, okay? A parakeet filet. Got it? Uh, what size baked potato do I take? It would be it would be something from the Smurf village, I'm sure. So uh, to, to tell me, three of you could eat off the same plate. So that's poor planning. When you went in there, you should have ordered for you and got three plates. Uh, it would have been done. It's wonderful. Thank you. Well, if it makes you feel any better, there was a kid's menu, but you had to be 10 or under. So... My cheap ass went up to the lady and I said, ma'am, my daughters, they don't eat a lot. And actually, I don't eat a lot either. Did you eat off the kid's menu? <laughs> no, but that, wouldn't that make that story wonderful? That would be incredible. So I asked if my 13-year-old daughter could eat off the kid's menu because it's 10 and under. She said, of course, ma'am, no, or, sir, no problem. And said, that's what we did. We went to kid menus, still 40 bucks a clip <laughs> for a kid's menu. Come on. Shush. And we have to get the soup, the lobster bisque, and all kinds of stuff. Sure. So then Jennifer and I get two little steaks. I got a lobster tail on the side. Yum, yum, yum. And uh, got out of there for about three fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about three fifty. That's so anyway, my stomach hurt the rest of the damn night worried about this three fifty. And I got a doggy bag. What am I gonna do with the doggy bag now? I'm leaving to go to the beach. I don't have a refrigerator in the room. Nobody nobody it's, Nobody's supposed to take a doggy no bag. No planning. That's yes, what that was. Exactly. No but, planning on your part. But you will like this. So I was so upset that we spent that much money because I'm cheap. Spent that much money on food and we didn't eat half of it. So at about 12 o'clock at night, we did take the doggy bag upstairs. It's not refrigerated. So at 12 o'clock, I just start gnawing into the nice. steak. <laughs> just tearing into the steak. Before we left the next day, they were gone, okay. all of them. So they, they, we got our money's worth, right? a boy. Thank you very much. So um, that kind of was the highlight of our trip to Wilmington and then back to Oak Island. It was awesome trip, beautiful weather. What, on, what went on in your world, Hank? Well, we were here because I don't think that we talked about – my son coming back from camp. We have not. Okay, so he mm-hmm. went off to camp, first spend the night camp, and we took him. And when we dropped him off, okay, and I don't believe we talked about this. We haven't. Okay. I haven't seen you in almost three weeks. Okay, when we dropped him off, they do a really good job of getting these kids excited for camp. Mm-hmm. So my little boy, we go into the dining hall, right, to register. The camp director's there. He's very nice. He starts talking to us. The backdrop, look in the back of the dining room, yeah. is the lake where it has the blob. Yeah. And it has zip lines going mm. into the water. Zzz. And it's got a huge water slide out of the uh, trees. 
my little boy's like, Dad, can we do this today? It's time. Can we do this today? Is this something that I'm able to do once we get here today? I'm. Wh- what do we need to do? <laughs> Sign me up, Dad. What do we need to do to get in there? And the director looks at him and goes, son, all you got to do is get to your cabin, get settled, and you can go out there and play. Harris walks up to that table and he goes, Harrisheimer, what cabin am I in? Harrisheimer, where am I at? So I we get to his cabin, find his bunk, we make his bed, you know, help him out, everything. We're, Ray and I are working, you know, helping him out. Turn around once we get done after about 15 minutes. He in there. He's Walk already at the blob. The he's at the he's, blob. He's at the blob. Mm-hmm. He's playing, right? So we leave him there, right? Couldn't ask for a better reason. He's like, later, peace. Yeah, you know, he's swimming. Have fun. Right? So he goes, right? First letter we get, it's like on Wednesday. It's like, it's best ever. Yes. Want to come back? Awesome. Wow. We get another letter on Thursday. This is the worst camp I've ever been to. <laughs> pick me up immediately. I don't want to come back next year. What in the world happened? I don't know what happened. So we pick him up on Friday, and I was like, bud, what happened? He's like, ah, it wasn't, wasn't as much fun as I thought. I was like, well, tell me what was up. Yeah. He was like, we had to sing some like baby songs sometimes in the morning. I'm like, okay, I, I get that. So how long? For about how long? About 30 minutes, all right. One, two, that Tuesday, we had to walk like three miles to get like a, a flower. Okay, any other points of camp that you didn't like? No, 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 no. How was the archery? Oh, it was incredible. Shooting the guns? Incredible. Swimming? Amazing. The food? Couldn't be better. Sure. Your, your uh, bunkmates loved them all. So camp was awful because of about 5% of it. a flower. 5% of it. He was like, hmm. Yeah, that's 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 unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, so, you're right. So, I think we changed his mind a little bit, what but there are those few things that he thought were important that really were yes. minuscule. But you know, Understood. it was his first time away. I think now getting away from it, he's starting to like it more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he realizes the freedom that he had and everything else. So that was fun. That's cool. Um, then you know we had uh, the fourth, which mm-hmm. we stayed around here. It was a lot of fun. We did a crawdad game on the third. I did see you at the crawdad game. Yeah, craw- that's right. I saw you on the fourth too. Crawdad okay. game on that's the third. Right. Then the fourth, we went out to a buddy's house on the lake yep, and just yep. played a little bit out there. Um, so we stayed pretty much here. You know, my office is open. I got to stay around at the time. But I will give you an update. Mm. Update on LeBron, LeBron Gate. LeBron Ball. LeBron Gate. Yes. <laughs> LeBron Gate. Okay, so as many as the listeners know, I bought a ball, and I'm having a hard time verifying it, right? Now, I have a letter of authenticity, but my own deranged mind said that there were some questions about it, right? And so I went a little bit deeper. Got my letter back, JSA. Drum roll, please. Doesn't have to be long. We cannot confirm. Oh, one of those. Cannot Cannot confirm that this is LeBron's signature, okay? Mm -hmm. So I understand... Uh, and he even told me, he was like, listen, this is not, if you get a cannot confirm, it is not that it's not a real ball. Sure, it's it. just, we are not going to put our name to verify it. Right. So now we have some questions. Mm-hmm. I gave it to him. The birthday is the already, birthday is already come gone. done. Coming gone. Yes. It's already coming gone. Yeah. And I gave it to him. Loved it. Yes. Loved it. Right. 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 Freaked out. Loved it. Yes. But my wife and I were sitting here talking about, do we go any further? Do we go any further? Answer is no. I told Reagan, she was like, what, what else could you do? I was like, short of sending a ball to LeBron with pictures of this one sure. and saying, hey, bud, we got this ball. We don't know if it's real. If you could <laughs> sign this one and send yes. it back so we know we got a real one. And LeBron's a kind of busy dude these he, days. He you know, could, I, don't know, I don't know if he's he going to take the time. He could get 100,000 boxes <laughs> exactly, a day. Exactly. Right? So I'm with you on this one. The guy even said, you have a letter of authenticity. Why are you still looking? Exactly. Let's let it. Just let it lie. Let it be what it is. Let it be. And your son is happy. Oh. He knows none of this no, behind no. the scenes. No. Until he hears this podcast, which hopefully he won't until he's 18 years old. But, buddy, let's let it lie. And congratulations to you. You're a proud owner, or your son's a proud owner of a LeBron James basketball. Thank you. Yes, my Thank pleasure. Thank you. So that, that was the update. We had great uh, time on his birthday. Um, you know, nine. That's the way we're rolling now. Big Nine gear. years old, big, big year, big year, big yeah. year. So, uh, but it was a uh, pretty uh, uneventful in my household over the yeah. last few weeks. Let me ask you. Let's go back to the uh, camp, uh, camping or summer camp or whatever Harris went to. Did he go by himself? 
No, he, he went buddy? with one buddy. Okay. One buddy. I think it would be hard. I never went to a summer camp that was a spend the night uh, when I was a young fella. But I think it would be hard to go to one by yourself with all kinds of new folks without at least one one real good buddy to go with you that's got your back. So when you start getting a little homesick or you're sick of the blob or you walk two and a half miles and you need one more half mile to get that flower, they're going to push you on. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you ever go to a camp when you were young? I did. I went to Cheerio. Oh, frequently or just did you just go one year? I went year? twice. Twice. And did it was you good. Do you enjoyed it? I did enjoy it, uh, but I went with a buddy. Yeah. First year I didn't go with a buddy. Second year I went with a buddy. First year you didn't go with a buddy. That's very ballsy, buddy. Hey, very ballsy. Yes, you must be. So was your experience better the second time with the buddy? It was. Okay, of course. It was. Of course. It was. And you know, that's that's kind of the and it's a fine line, you know, because uh, like my boy's an only child. Mm-hmm. And I've realized like you put him in with a kid that has siblings four and five, they're used to the ruckus. That's right. They're used to the ruckus. Sure. My boy kind of likes a little bit of time. Right. Let me settle down just a tad. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I find it kind of funny. Um, but I feel like having somebody that first time, especially <laughs> solid. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. Well, good, man. Well, that's uh, letting our audience catch up with how our summer, last couple of weeks of our summer vacation has been. Hank, um, while I was at the beach... <clears throat> you know, sometimes you don't want to go out to eat. Sometimes you've been on the beach all day till 8 o'clock at night, and all you want to do, you got a little bit of a headache because you're a little dehydrated from, you know, maybe drinking cold beverages all day, and there's not much you want to do for dinner. You don't want to go out spend any money. You don't want to go cook steaks. You just want to do whatever's in the pantry. Let's just eat something real easy. Bugles. It, it, whatever's in there. So found some mac and cheese in the pantry at Oak Island. Stir it up. Boom, boom. Girls are good. I found way in the back of the pantry, Hank, a little ramen noodle, okay? A little ramen noodle packet, you know, the kind we ate in college. Yep. So uh, I looked at the date on the ramen noodle. First of all, are you big into eating if a food is expired on the date? Let's say it's not a refrigerated food, but it's a food that you keep in the pantry that's supposed to last forever. Do you go by expiration dates on food? It's got to be reasonable. Like, I'm not going to eat something that's like 01. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway <laughs> it was a ramen noodle i was i had a little buzz going on coming off the beach i you know girls got their macaroni and cheese jennifer's eating whatever she made right out of the pantry i'm gonna go make the ramen noodle look at the expiration date it says august 2000 okay 2000 how many years old is that <laughs> You're outside that, looking in as far as where my number is, though. That's 18 years. That's 18 years old. But it's a ramen noodle. It's a bunch of dried out noodles with a packet and water. What can be wrong? Start boiling Your the water. Your gut is yeah, what could oh be wrong. God. So I start boiling the water. And I was like, Livia, this is, don't tell your mom. This is 18 years old. I'm getting ready to eat it. She was like, Dad, please don't. Please don't. So, Olivia, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So, make kind of a big deal with, about it to my two girls. Yeah. Jennifer has no idea. She would kill me if she knew I was eating something 18 years old. Make it to three minutes is all it takes for ramen. <clears throat> Here it comes. I stir all the stuff in. Take that first bite. Hank, it tasted like a dirty-ass sock. I'm telling you, it tasted like a sock that had sweat in it. Oh, you know, you could wring it, it out of sweat. And so Olivia was like, Dad, how is it? And of course I can't say, oh, it's terrible because I'm the one that hyped this two or 18-year-old ramen up. I was like, Olivia, this might be the best ramen I've ever had in my life. Three more bites and I couldn't bear it anymore. I mean, I actually took a couple more bites. That's gross. And I said, Olivia, I'm kidding. This is the worst thing I've ever eaten. By this time, Jennifer hears the commotion and she comes over and lectures me about what kind of lesson am I teaching my girls that I'm eating 18-year-old food? But anyway, that leads me to the question. Expiration dates, you say you don't really live by them unless they're way out of whack. No, I mean— Refrigeration I, now. It's got to be— It's got to be— you, you, If it's I refrigerated, live you live by it. Okay. I live by it. I mean, you know— Milk, one day old, will you oh, go with fine. it? I'll okay. smell it. Yes. And, you know, I mean, it's a gauge. Sure. The date's sure. a gauge. Yes. Um, but— I don't know what you're trying to accomplish over there. I'm I'm not a fan. That of was it. desperate. That's for like starving. If you're yeah. dying of starvation, that's what you reach for an 18 year old ramen. If you got some other stuff in the refrigerator or in the pantry, just make that, Chad. Yeah. Don't go with the 18 year old stuff, right? Yeah. Don't think, go with that. I think we've all learned. Did you not have anything else in the? There was fridge? plenty, but I was just trying to kind of prove a point. Like, yeah, I'm gonna eat something that's 18 years old, like a dummy. Point proven. Yeah. Point exactly. Get sick, why don't you, Chad? 
God almighty. Leads me to my next question before we jump into Hank's uh, hierarchy. There's a little um, fruit market or what not a fruit market. What do they call uptown when you're walking around and you've got – Farmer's market? Farmer's market, yes. And sometimes there's fruits and things that you could pick up and buy and Jennifer will send me up there. Hey, pick up this or pick up that. How does one know if someone sends you to the um, farmer's market or the the grocery store to the fruit section – how do you know what a good melon is? Do you, do you smell it? Do you pick it up and shake it? Or a good avocado? I'm clueless when it comes to this. Everything I bring back is always like not ripe enough, too ripe, too mushy, too firm, not sweet enough, too sour. Hank, is there some special touch? You know, they say there's an old wives' tale. If you take a, an orange, no, you take a, a grapefruit and you smell it. I don't know what you're supposed to, what it's supposed to smell like, but that's how you know if it's good or not. Okay, I, I, I've Come got on. a great let's go. Let's I've go. got a great philosophy. For Thank this. you. Let's do it. Not every fruit and vegetable should be consumed all year round. Okay. Okay. I know that they, we have the technology to grow stuff inside, and you know, in cold climates and whatever. Melon is meant to eat during the summer. Sure. Okay. So. I feel like the juicier, more tasteful ones. Don't eat cantaloupe or any of that crap during winter, first of all. Because you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Avocados have to be mushy. See, I didn't know that. Have I always to be thought mushy. they had to be firm. When no. you grab it, you, the firmer no. the better. the mushier the better. Mm. Okay? Yes. Mushy. How it's- about a banana? Give me the rule about a banana. No green. I thought you were supposed to buy the green because when you get them home, that's when they turn yellow. Well, if they is don't have right? if they don't have any yellow ones at the like they you know they just have green ones out there then that's what you do. But I don't want to buy fruit that I have to eat in six days. <laughs> you want to eat it? immediately. I want to eat it immediately. Okay, it's gotcha. kind of like a peach, you know. Peach. I mean, I had a great peach the other day, and I had it. I had it at my house, and I knew my little moron kid was going to eat it if I didn't get it out of the house. But it wasn't ripe yet, so I had to take it to the office and let it sit. You took a peach from your house and sit at your office to let it ripen. Yeah, two days. Wow. So it's got to get softer, dedication. right? It's, it is dedication. Yeah. All right. But the smelling test, the crap like that, don't I don't believe know it. that You is. don't believe in it? No, I mean, I do feel like there's something. You know how you learn this test? Tell me. Trial and error. <laughs> you know how the avocado test? Try to make guacamole with a hard <laughs> avocado. Ooh, that's a good point you make. That's a very Try good point. Try to make guacamole with it. It's impossible, right? I think my rule of thumb moving forward is <clears throat> smell the lemon, pick it up, shake it, but then walk over to the section where the fruit's already chopped up and it's in a little plastic bin. I'll just buy those from now on. How's that sound? Spend three t- for a man that's cheap, you'd spend three times the amount of money just to buy chopped up fruit. I don't want to come back and say, all right, here's the melon. And Jennifer chops it up and says, God dang it, you picked another bad one again, Chad. That extra $3 is worth that humiliation I, think, I have to I suffer at my house. I think the melon. I think thump, people thump, thump the melon. That's it. Thump, thump, thump. There you I go. Think that's what they do. But all right, listen, guys. I am not the man that needs to ask this. You know what you do? You add, there's a guy usually with a... Uh, apron, apron on. on. Hey, is this Chet? a good melon? You throw it over to him, he catches it, and he starts thumping. Thump, yeah, thump, he does that. And he's like, listen, I'm going to give three melon tests. Here they are, and these two are the winners. <laughs> and let's talk about a melon. So which one is – what's your favorite melon? Do we like a honeydew, a watermelon, a cantaloupe? What kind of melons do you I prefer? hate all melon. You hate all melon? Let, let me rephrase that. I'll mm. eat melon, I love but it. if there were ten things of fruit, I would not pick any of the melon. I would eat the kiwi, the strawberry, the – Orange. Every, I would eat everything but the melon. Wow. So melon would fall at the very end. Dead last. Unbelievable. Hot day. I will eat watermelon. That's yes. probably my favorite. It's my favorite. The favorite out of it. I had it last night. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. But hot day, cold watermelon, can't beat that. You put salt on it. <laughs> no. You don't put salt on your watermelon. I don't. Try it next time. I, I've tried it like before. thump, thump, thump. Try it. Okay. okay. I haven't tried you. such a thing. Here's a shake, a salt shaker on the watermelon. Who carries around a salt shaker? Because usually you're at the beach. I don't yeah. have that stuff. Always got one in my bag. That's, <laughs> that could be the first thing I've learned about you in a long time. Yeah, that I wish just getting, I, I, I don't have a salt shaker in my bag, but if I did, it would be pretty cool. All right, buddy. That leads us, after our fruit conversation, it'll lead us right into Hank's hierarchy. I kind of forgot the music that goes along with this. What is it? Oh, here it is. You can get with this. Here it comes, eh? Watch me go, watch me go. Kind of rock it. All right, here we go. Can Hank get with this or will Hank get with that? Hank, this is an easy one for you. So, 
you know, when we're little and we're growing up, we always dream of being a big rock star or possibly a phenomenal NBA basketball player or maybe even a, the finest actor in the world and bring home the Oscar award. Sure. If you could be the number one rock star in the world with the best band behind you traveling all over the world or the number one NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball in the world heralded by everybody as the best, LeBron-esque, or finally, the best, known as the best actor in the world, have won Oscar after Oscar, goes to all the movie premieres in Nice and France, like Leonardo, got the beautiful, most gorgeous women on your side everywhere you go. Hank, I pose this to you. Please rank them in the order that you would prefer. Okay. Um, I would probably prefer athlete number one. Mm. I feel like athlete is a skill set that not everyone can do. Okay. I feel like acting, and not that there's not a okay. definite. I mean, you, Le, Le, LeBron James is in movies. Good point. Right? Right? Uh-huh. Uh, Brad Pitt's not dunking a basketball. Point. Okay. The other thing that I like about an athlete is number one is uh, you, you may not believe this, but they can step out of the limelight a little bit better than the other two, and I think that's the most important. That. They have the capability of making the most money, and LeBron is hard for him to get out of the limelight, but they can step out a little bit easier. I feel like they're they're uh, especially if you're in a sport like professional golf. Mm-hmm. If you're in not a major like if you're a, a uh, defensive back for the Miami Dolphins. Nobody really knows what you look like. You got a mask on. You're not the face of the franchise. So you could probably duck in and out of some things, right? Sure. If you're Brad Pitt, you're not getting that. If you are uh, Justin Bieber, you're not getting that. No. All right. So athlete would be number one. That's perfect. That's a very good explanation. Okay. Thank okay. you. Go I, ahead. You want me to walk down or you Please, want your no, number one? You go ahead. Okay. You go number ahead. two would be musician. Okay. Musicians. Um, I feel like get to ride the high of their yes, yes. of their profession. When you're that. on the stage, if you're if unlike a sports uh, an athlete, the athlete is playing and concentrating and pouring everything he can into the game. And if he's baseball, it's the ball or the bat or basketball, it's the rim or the ball. Or football, it's your receiver. It's everything else. You don't get to soak in your crowd, mm-hmm. right? A musician does nothing but soak yes. in their crowd. That's how they possibly get a lot of the energy Correct. to perform is from Correct. the crowd. So riding that wave of these people enjoying your music. like if, And I will tell you, if I had to be anybody in the world, it would be Justin Timberlake. Yeah. I mean, nobody's got it like that cat, yeah. right? That dude's doing it right Doing now. it. Everybody loves him. Yes. He is amazing, right? But he cannot get out of the limelight. True. You know, I mean, he cannot get out of it. Um, he is a talented individual. Um, but I also feel like the uh, the music side of it is, I mean, it's it's a grind. Sure. Just like sports, it's yeah. a grind. And then last would be being an actor. Yeah. I think the actor um, part of it is um, a little bit too superficial Gosh, for I me. Gosh, I completely agree. I, I was just thinking when we were talking, when I said actor, the first thing that popped in my mind was Hollywood. And think about how terrible it seems the yeah. people in Hollywood truly are. Oh, they're they don't awful. Ca- they don't care about anything except themselves. Yeah, and, right? and so, I mean, I think that that's, would it be awesome to be in a movie? Would it be awesome to be, ador- but they're being adored for something that, you, you know, that they're playing. You right. know, and, and I, I, I think it would be cool. Yeah. But I feel like that craft, there's, there's way more, um, what am I going to say? Skill in the other two. Way more skill. I, you know, and acting is, it, yeah, there's, extremely a, difficult. there's a skill to that, of it's course. It's extremely hard. Yes. But I feel like that's just a, it's superficial and it's a bunch. I think that's perfect. The, the person we fall in love that's the actor or actress, that is not really that person. We're falling in love with the character, right? So actor, actress on my top three is definitely number three, too. And it, actually, it's a far number three. Yeah. I would, hey, I would like to be an actor and actress and bring home seven figures. But I think the lifestyle that they live, just like we spoke about, I don't think most of them are even happy. I think they would, if it if weren't for the money and the fame, I think that m- many of them would just want to not, not be in that profession. Right. You know? 
Hi, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we're the co-host of Foot Candle Films, a movie review and film discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. Each episode, we talk about some new movies, cover some film news, and have some recommendations. And trust us, we're just as likely to talk about the latest Jim Jarmusch film as we are the newest Transformers installment. Hold on, don't get too crazy. Uh, well, okay, maybe not that bad. But you can find our show and all our episodes on TheMesh.TV. Plus, you can subscribe to get new episodes delivered right to your computer or mobile device. We'll see you in the ticket line. Second, I'm going to flop them. I'm going to go Rockstar 1, Athlete 2. I'll tell you why. I read this awesome book about Tiger Woods this weekend at the beach. This is a behind-the-scenes, really Tiger Wood, like, bruised and battered. But it's not a biography. It's no, no, about no. two guys writing it about him. Did you Have you heard about this I've book? I've heard about the book, and he's not part of it. He's not part. He had, actually, he did not sign off on any part of this Nor book. Nor did his crew. Nor did anybody that was in his Like, crew. anybody that's part of his deal is not part of, is not part of this book. The people that signed off and they actually they interviewed for were maybe some of his buddies, like, let's say a guy at Stanford that he was a friend of, that he gave a couple sentences. To. I mean, like, yeah. a lot of this stuff, they were just finding footage and like sports illustrated had over 1000 articles on tiger woods you know um espn the magazine had over 10,000 video clips and and quotes from tiger woods right. and so these guys that wrote the book just studied it for years and years the crazy thing about tiger and i'm off the beaten path here but so in his mind since he was a when he was two months old brother they put his mama or his daddy would put him in a uh, high chair and watch his dad hit balls. Okay, mm-hmm. in their garage, his dad set up this little net, his, a little net. His dad was obsessive compulsive personality, so anything that he started to like, he would go all in. It right. didn't matter what it was. It was booze, right? You know, womanizing, and his dad was a big womanizer. I didn't know until I read this book, yeah. and then golf, and so he would hit. 100 balls, 200 balls, 300 balls a night. And Tiger, when two months old, would just watch him, you know, Crazy. every day. And so by the time Tiger was 10 months old, this is other interesting thing. So he, he would not eat very well. He, as a baby, would eat. So his mom would put him in the high chair. And every time the daddy would swing, Tiger would open his mouth. Like every time the club swung, like, oh, wow. And his mom would put the food in his mouth. So he got accustomed to golf his life. Wow. I'm eating. I'm the nutrients to my body when I see the golf swing. Yep. When he's 10 months old, he climbs out of his – he was an exceptional kid. I mean, he was really smart and athletic even when he was little. Like, he started walking like nine months old. Right. So 10 months old, somehow he gets out of his high chair. His dad had made him a little club, just made it out of wood. Tiger gets down there. So he's walking at 10 months old, and he swings – and hits the ball, and it goes straight. Grant is not far, but he still swings and hits the ball because he's watched his dad, by the time he's 10 months old, hit over 10,000 golf swings. So when you're young and impressionable, your mind yep. is crazy how crazy. These, these scientists were talking about. It. Anyway, long story short, you fast forward. By the time he's two, he's on television. Yep. By the time he's on five, he's on That's Incredible. He is groomed to do one thing and one thing only, and that's be a champion golfer. Yep. And his dad is the one that got him the – the physical attributes that practice, 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 but his mom is the one that made his head strong. She would tell him every every day, there ain't nobody tougher than you. Every day, you you are the best. If you get them down, you stop, stop on their throat, you slit their throat, you kill them, Tiger. That, so his mom was the one that did all the mental. The right. dad was the one that kind of physically got him to be the golfer. Great, It's a great story. But anyway, Tiger. And a sad story, though. It's a a sad story. I, it is such a sad story. Yeah, because of who his dad was and who he, he he was his dad. Exactly, and he's so unhappy. You would think he would be on top of the world. Yeah. The best golfer in the world, got the most beautiful, one of the top most beautiful women in the world. He's got two lovely children. He's got more money than you can ever imagine. And a chance to be considered the, the best, best golfer of all time if he would just stay on that path. And he... He didn't know how to interact. He actually had like a, a social, what is it? It's not anxiety. a anxiety. Yes. He, he didn't know how to act around people. This one, I, I, we'll get off this, but you got to read this book. It was phenomenal. So this one lady who put Tiger up, you talk about a star wanted to be secluded. Tiger didn't want to be around everybody at the masters and stay in the same hotels and all the other rooms that the, the other guys did. He wanted to be by himself with well, this one lady, Mark O'Mara, who is Tiger's best friend, said, look, Tiger, you don't want to be around these people. This lady, no, she won't tell anybody. She's got a room for you. You can stay here. 
for as long as you want. No one will even know where you are. And all you do is it's right on the grounds. You can just sneak away, go hit balls, whatever. Nobody will know where you are. So he stayed there for eight masters in a row, ten masters. Never said thank you to her one time. His dad would come in there, smoke cigarettes, put them out on her table in a room, just ruin her. They'd have parties, ruin all the furniture in there. So one, the last year, she went up to him. She said, Tiger, you've been staying in my house for eight years. You've never seen me, but I wanted to come up and say, I hope you enjoy my place. He looked at her and walked right on by. Did not. For eight years, he stayed. So he didn't even know how to interact. Yeah, Somebody, know. they're always doing stuff for him, and he never, he never would say thank you. So that was just a tale of him just not knowing how to, to act because of the way he was brought up. But you know, that's the thing, and this is going to get a little bit wider, and it's going to bring us back to what we were mm-hmm. talking about, is it's kind of like... Him at his young age was just like Britney Spears was growing up. You know, I mean, she was part of the Mouseketeers or whatever. And nobody told Tiger, I'm sure, just like nobody told Britney, no. 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 That's right. No. So when she got in her crazy stage and they're like, you know what? She was like, you know what? I think I'm going to shave my head. Somebody probably looked at her and was like, that's probably a good idea. Why don't we do that? Whatever I'll shave you say, my Brittany. head. Yeah, I'll exactly. shave my head. Just don't cut me off the payroll. Exactly. Right? So that's part of Tiger's problem is like, yeah. why would you not think it is society is odd or whatever if everything you would think if everything I do is right, then even the stuff that I think is bad is going to be okay. And that's what that's, they think. That's what, exactly what he thought. The last thing I'll leave you with. So when the uh, – what was the agencies? I am – I can't remember what the IMG. IMG. Biggest agency in the world, Tire was the number one client, was bringing in hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars a year because everybody wanted a piece of Tiger. Yeah. So he, he really only had one half of a day off an entire week because the rest, I don't even know how, where the, when the dude slept. I mean, just read his schedule. It was crazy. But the IMG main most man said, all right, you're up in an echelon that there's not too many people up here. Michael Jordan, you know, he said, you got to stay away from two athletes, two athletes. And besides that, you know, you can hang out with the rest of the IMG family because there's a lot of uh, athletes represented by IMG. I already spoiled it here, but the one is Michael Jordan. Do not hang out with Michael because Michael gets anything he wants and he does anything he wants. And he he's one supposedly that will never say thank you. They portrayed Michael as a real asshole. Uh, to be honest, right. a real asshole. The next dude was Greg Norman. They said, don't hang around the shark because they said the shark's on his way down, but he's trying to hold on to anything to keep him in the limelight, and he's going to try to get on your coattails, and he'll try to bring you down. Right. So anyway, it was just interesting. I would have never thought – I thought kind of that about Michael. Like he might but guess be, what? Tiger started hanging out with Michael. I know. They ended up becoming really good friends, and you just got to read a book. You won't believe the stuff he was doing behind the scenes, brother. Yeah. It is It is bizarre. But anyway, so that's the reason I'm going sports star second, right? Because I just read that book and rock star first. I like that I've been on stage, I've been on Bourbon Street, I've seen the crowd of eight people in the stands. I know the energy they can bring. Six year old grinding, six year old grinding on my mic stand. But it's I I could just imagine being in front of like forty thousand people singing and entertaining. Everybody is hanging on every word you say. I think that energy would just be exactly. What you I would imagine want. being at Wembley Stadium like you two. No, no. Crazy. All those people just worshiping. A hundred thousand people waiting yeah. for you to sing that one phrase that they love. You know? Yeah. He he sang it. Yes. Yay. But anyway, so what'd you think about that Hanks? I thought, that, I thought it was great. Yes. I thought it was great. Well um, yes. uh well done. Thank you very much, sir. Well yes, done sir. to you. Yes, sir. Okay, Buzz, we only got a few more minutes left of our podcast today. We're gonna roll right into Chad's champion. So this will be an interesting one today. Hey, we haven't talked about music in a bit. Uh, you know, I'm like, I can't even get the music. Can't find it here. Don't but you know, you know what the uh, background music is. So this week's Chad's champions are something that's very familiar to you and I, because I think we grew up not at the same time, but listening to the same stuff. Yep. We're going with 90s R&B groups, Hank. 90s R&B groups. So we want our top four 90s R&B groups. Before we get started, let me call off a couple that didn't make my top four, but were definitely on my, when I'm making my mixtapes and I'm popping them in my uh, Chrysler LeBaron as I'm cruising down, the, down to school, Hickory High, 1990. High five. They were a group that didn't like my, my. I can't wait another minute. Remember that one? I do. Yes, okay. High five. We also had a little bit of Tony, Tony, Tony. I love, I them. love Tony, Tony, Tony. Love them. They were actually just my outside five looking in. They were right there. We had a little uh, 
Bell Biv DeVoe, Poison. That would have been my junior year, no, my sophomore year coming in. It was made up of the old new edition folks, which, you know, we'll talk about them here in a little bit. Also had a little H-Town after seven, a little shy. Remember shy? I do. Drew Hill, Lavert, Troop, 112. There's a lot of 90s R&B that's good. We haven't even talked about the women groups yet. TLC, probably one of my top ten groups of all time. TLC, in vogue. And Tucker Hines' favorite, SWV. I do love SWV. SWV. And actually, I was at a party this weekend that we played SWV three songs in a row, and the crowd loved it. Loved it. So let's get right in uh, to Chad's Champs, Hank. I will let you start at number four. Number four, Chad's Champs by Hank. Well, you know, this is so hard for me to do because we start talking about, like, who – when you get to four, they're all interchangeable as far as – I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're all good. I listen to a bunch of R&B, and I got to tell you, uh, there's a lot of them on there that probably deserve to be sure. our 10 and could be something else. I think probably on my number four spot, I, don't, I mean, they've fallen pretty far. <laughs> I don't know. Boys to Men. Oh, wow. Listen, they, that's a shocker. They are really sliding down your list They here, could right? be one, but yeah. Boys to Men, to me... And, and they might slide up at this point. I might have to move them up. They they were probably one of the first groups that I realized I like R&B. You know really? why? Mm, tell me. Forget this. They're number two. When I do, I'm going to, okay, forget this. I'm going right. to do number two. Delete, delete. Go delete. ahead. The reason that I say that is I remember when I used to, okay, in sixth grade, I think is when I started really listening to music. Fifth, sixth grade is when I can remember listening to yes. music, like okay. liking music. And I remember in sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, pulling my boombox mm-hmm. into my mom and dad's bathroom yep. when I was taking a shower yes. and playing Boys to Men, okay, and listening to it in the shower. Perfect. Right? Yes. yes. And into the road. Yes. That might have been ninth grade or whatever. But, like, getting into it. Sure. I would say that it's one of my first, like, loves. So, Screw it, it's number two. Exactly. Yep. And you know what we'll do is, boys and men's number two, we'll go with your number four choice at the number two slot. Okay, that's okay? Good. Good. How about you at four? All right, at number four, we're going to start with a band that made it in the 80s, and then they had this comeback in the 90s. And during the comeback, I remember them from when I was little, like in fourth grade and fifth grade, singing songs while I was playing ball on the asphalt at Jenkins Elementary. And then they come back hard, 89, 90. It was a little band called... New edition, Hank. Let me take you back here, buddy. Can you stand the rain if it isn't love? You had all these great new edition songs come out. And so there was no Bobby Brown in this version of the 1990s new edition. It was Johnny Gill. So you remember the Johnny Gill new edition. So coming in at number four, and don't forget, these are 90s R&B groups, not individuals. Right. 90s R&B groups. New Edition comes in at number four. Go ahead, Hank. That's funny because number three is New Edition for me. Perfect. Okay. Because New Edition really set the stage for it as well. You know, I mean, they, like you said, there's a bunch of good guys. I mean, there's a bunch of good single acts out there. Yes. But New Edition really paved the way for it. So That's right. I like that. It's kind of like it's kind of like, and don't you dare say new kids is on there. But you know that's where we're that's where we're at. We're with groups. Sure, absolutely. So uh, Hank's number three would be New Edition. Chad's number three. Let's take you back to 1991. I'm sitting in French class my junior year, and this dude behind me, his name was Robbie Pugh. I, Robbie, I don't even know where you're at these days, but I hope you're doing well. You said, Chad, have you heard that new joint by Guy? And I said, Robbie, what's the name of the new uh, song that's out? He said two words to me, Hank. He said, hang on, here it comes. Well, I got to fast forward. He said, let's chill. And you know, so guy comes out 1991, 1991 for me. And just really knocked it out of the park with songs like Let's Chill, I Like, Peace of My Love. You, you know, it keeps going on and on. But Guy, number three for sure. All my high school buddies, the song that kind of brought us all together was I Like. Every time we came on, you know, we, we were all together. And just it's always a good memory. Guy, number three for me. Hank, number two for you. Number no, two. Number two is actually your number four. Is actually number four. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with High Five. Oh, wow. Hey, moving up the charts. I love high five. I do too. I think that they had, you know, R&B, and this is going to sound really bad. Okay. This is going to sound bad. I know. R&B, sometimes you want to listen to it. 
And there were no girls in the room. Sure. Right? Yeah. And you're like, well, there's a bunch of brothers in here. I ain't <laughs> trying to listen to some R&B. High Five at least gave you a little bit of up tempo. Yeah, they did. You know what I mean? They, they gave you a little bit of that. So I'm going to stay with High Five. Love that. Love that choice. High Five would have been a close, right about six for me, right after Tony Tony. Tony, uh, number two coming in for me is a local band here that I got to listen to them my probably my sophomore year there from Charlotte. And so they had a little, it was funny. I can't remember how we heard about it. It's maybe on one of the radio stations like, Hey, this band is going to be playing on Saturday morning at such and such time. Get your tail down here and listen to. Yeah. Jodeci coming in at number two for Chatty's, the Charlotte band. This song right here, come and talk to me was phenomenal. I'm going to give you a little piece over here, guys. Well, I've been watching you. For so very long, I'm trying to get my nerve built up to feel so strong. And forever, my lady, I mean, it was just one hit after another, Hank Jodeci. And I don't know if you noticed this, but our choices, except for High Five, are really kind of you with your lady, and it's nighttime, and it's dark, and you're under a blanket. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, very good. Let's go to number one, Hank. I'm going number four, because my number two, right? Yes, okay, you're right. So I got to do my number four. I thought you already did your number four. Oh, maybe I did my number You did. You already did it. You had high five at number two. No, you had high five at number four, four, boys a minute two. Okay. Go ahead. So you just played my number one, Jodeci, okay? Jodeci is number one. But the one song that you... the. The one that I always think about, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look at this. I don't know where this song is. Hold on, it, it's a, it's a spinoff of that. Oh, it's by Casey, Stevie Wonder, Casey and JoJo. Lately, I've had the strangest so that feeling. That song right there, love that song. Casey and JoJo, lately, lately, yes. Um, that that should tell you how how just talented they are. Because that's actually when they weren't Jodeci. They were really Casey and JoJo then, right? Yeah, but they used to pull themselves. Like, they'd be on the stage, and they'd say, this is just Casey and JoJo. Yeah, you're right. Right? This is one of my favorite Unplugged songs of all time. Because this is Unplugged on MTV. This is perfect. Feel free to sing along with me, Casey. Casey. Best part. When you hear when you hear that dude's voice, you know exactly who it is, right? Oh, oh gosh, it's the best. You cannot tell me. You cannot tell me that this song didn't pay dividends in the nineties. Yes, it did. Oh, it's such a lovely, lovely song. You can't beat this song. That's why they're coming in at number one. Oh, this first part where he started singing lately. Hank, I'm gonna let you take this one. Go ahead. Buddy. I'm not singing this. Go song. ahead, take the mic. I'll let them Go sing ahead. the song. Go ahead. Mm, so smooth. And that's unplugged. That yeah, is that's unplugged. unplugged. Unbelievable. Very talented, guys. Right here from in our area, Charlotte, North Carolina. Hank, thank you for playing that song. It's top five song of all time for me. Uh, it leads me into my number one. You've already hit it at your number two. We're just flip-flopping one and two. My number one R&B band of the 90s is Boyz II Men. So, um, you know, out of the four, they're all talented. The dude that I loved, loved the best was actually Juan, I think his name was. He's the guy that wasn't the low voice. I think his name was Mike. And then there are other dude I can't even remember. He always hit the high note. But Juan was my favorite, and this song is one of my favorites. Uh, another reason I really love Boys to Men, our senior year, they sang this song on their first album. It was It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Played it a lot of times. We did it for our high school finale when we were graduating, and that song will always stick with me. It's very nostalgic to me. And Boys to Men is my number one 90s R&B group. That a boy. Hey, that was a good list. But, you know, there's so much good 90s R&B that people don't realize. Like Blackstreet, yeah. No Diggity. No Diggity. I mean, that, Riley. Yeah, I mean, that was incredible. The the single guys that were on, like Genuine. Yeah, sure. Montel Jordan. All those guys. I mean, there is so much R&B in the 90s. We can do a 90s R&B single dude. I mean, like single, not a group guy, because Key Sweat is my favorite of all time. Yeah. Of all time. I mean, I R. Kelly's in the there. Kelly's Lauren there. Hill's in there. Sure. Absolutely. Then you had that MJB. Guy. Don't even start with MJB. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, the list could go on and on, but man. 
hey guys, if y'all are listening to us and you have your favorite favorite 90s R&B groups and you want to hit us up and let us know, we'll talk about it on the air. You can hit us at, that's the Sock Factory, Hank. That's not the right one. You can hit us at www.themesh.tv. Email us at info at themesh.tv. Let us know what you think about the show. Let us know what's your favorite 90s R&B group. If it is, I'm sure Tucker will hit us up with SWV. That's cool by me. He's probably going to do Drew Hill, but he really likes Cisco, Cisco. the thong song. <laughs> you know, that's his favorite. But anyway, y'all let us know. This is great getting back and getting on the mic again and, and, and getting our podcast kind of kicked back into gear. We're going to have our summer schedule. Going to be on time for the rest of the summer, we yep. believe. And also, we'll talk a little bit of fantasy football because it's that time coming right around it the It is corner. coming up. So we'll talk a little bit about our drafts coming up and all the uh, other fun things that go with fantasy football. Anything cool going on this weekend for you, buddy? This weekend, we don't have very much going on. We have one more week before – we play in the state tournament next week. So ah, baseball wow. all-star state tournament is next week. And so we are kind of just – uh, one more week of practice for that, and then we play, which is kind of cool. It's the big stage. Yeah. You don't get an opportunity to do it very often. The ceremonies at the Crawdad Stadium. Good boys. Get on our team. Eat it up. Let, let, me, let me tell you this, and I, I don't think I've talked about this on. So our league is six, seven, eight-year-olds, right? Obviously, the all-star team is probably going to be dominated by the eight-year-olds. Just yep. they're bigger. They're, you know, they're stronger. They're faster. So we have ten eight-year-olds, mm-hmm. one seven-year-old, and one six-year-old. Now that six year old's got to be a bad. He must be a bad man. Bad man, right? Yep. Let me correct you on that. She's a bad woman. She's a bad gal. She's Go a bad ahead, woman, girl. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. She is got a better swing than ninety five percent of these boys. Wow. Okay. Awesome. She's got long blonde hair. She's as cute as she can be, and uh, for the she is shy as they come, but mm-hmm. when she is tough as nails. And they have asked for one person to throw out the first pitch in the ceremony, and there's going to be. Thousands, thousands of people. Thousands there. of people, yes. She's going to do it. Bravo. She's Bravo. Do it. So I, I cannot wait to watch her Good do it. But our boys her. are we're practicing a bunch. We're ready to roll. That's really what we're gearing up for. Then we're going to the beach. So we may need to talk about doing this podcast either early. Okay. So we can get, so sure. I can do it before the beach because we got a lot of a lot of hate by not doing it. Yes, I know. We got a lot of very mean emails about where are y'all? Get back on the air. Well, we are here. We'll work that schedule. How out. about you? I see you already got your pants like pulled. I do pants. Yeah, because I got a tennis match tonight. If we, so I'm in another league now, Hank. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not leaving my my OG league, but another league that if we win tonight, we qualify for the states. You're gonna if be stayed out tonight, baby. So anyway, it's gonna be good. Our first match, six thirty. Looking forward to it. We're undefeated. So what far. are you? Is it all doubles? It's all doubles. Okay, all doubles. So yeah, we haven't lost. A match yet. So let's see if hopefully it'll continue. And this weekend, my wife and my oldest daughter, who just turned 13, flew to New York yesterday for a 13th birthday party with Jennifer, with my wife's mama, or Olivia's grandmother. So they're in New York, hanging out, celebrating. Lucy Rose and I chilling at the crib. She's going to come watch my tennis match. Um, so we'll be doing that all weekend this weekend. Probably probably just chill. Have Olivia and uh, Jennifer back. Probably just hang out. She'll be up. Very good weekend. boy. All right, buddy. Well, good seeing you again. I'll talk to you soon, and we'll talk to everybody out there who listens to Big Fan. Two weeks. Thanks. Bye. Peace. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.